Okay. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for joining me on our weekly or almost weekly Friday session about real estate investing. Danny here speaking this week from Southern California. I've been off the past two weeks due to some traveling. I've uh, been to Indianapolis uh, for a few, uh, few good days on the ground, taking care of some issues that we have there. And I'm back here and going back again and traveling. So that's good. Wanted to take the opportunity and to, uh, to wish you guys happy holidays. I'm not sure if we're going to have a session next week. I, I can't remember now, um, um, uh, you know, holiday-wise, but we'll try. We do this session every week, uh, every week, or almost every week on Friday. Uh, and the whole point of this session is actually to interact with you. An opportunity for me to share some, something I want to share with you regarding real estate investing, you know, of course, and mostly to have an opportunity to hear from you. Questions related to the topic, thank you for the like. Questions regarding to real estate, Amir, good to see you, my friend. Uh, um, related to real estate investing that are not necessarily related to the topic. Anything that we can do to help you guys be more successful. Uh, we're gonna be focusing on mainly rental properties. Um, and this is what we are trying to do here. Okay, um, if you have questions, feel free to drop, you know, to put them in throughout. I'm going to just start and, and cover uh, the topic that, uh, that I have for today. It could be short, it could be longer, depending on questions. Um, and sometimes I just pick topics that I think people are debating and thinking about and pros and cons, and then we can decide if to, uh, uh, you know, to take a shorter topic or longer topic. Anyway, anyway, something that is relevant to the times we are in. Should you buy in, win in the winter time or should you buy during the spring? Okay. Well, let me, let me just say this. If you are a seller, you probably want to be selling your houses, and I have multiple houses listed for sale right now, during the springtime and not during the winter. There's much less activity during the winter, especially the holidays, and mainly in colder states. Now, if you're in a warmer state, that may not be exactly the same case. With that said, we have seen in the past two or three years a pattern that there's, the, uh, there's so much activity, real estate buying activity, I'm not talking about investing, real estate activity, homeowners buying, you know, mainly homeowners buying during the summer months, not always and not everywhere, but you know, that there's a little bit, I think there's a little bit of a shift. I never actually measured it. It was more based on conversation that I had with professionals and it just seems to be more and more people are noticing this, that there's a shift of homeowners that are saying that summer months are so crazy with multiple offers and competition, we might as well just wait for the winter and buy a house, not the rental, during the winter because there's going to be less competition. So when you are in that situation uh, and you are a buyer, one advantage to buying during the winter is usually less competition and houses are sitting a little bit you know, longer on the market and that gives you an opportunity. So as an investor, the if I think it's a very good time to buy during the winter because you're most likely going to get you know a, a better opportunity. You're probably going to have more buying power, negotiating power than during hectic times uh, such as the summer and the winter. So as a buyer, I think it's a good thing. The disadvantage is you're probably going to face or you should expect a longer vacancy time until you get a tenant because there's less activity with uh, uh, tenants during the 
during the winter. So for that said, let's just put it this way. Let's say you are able to get a house for $5,000 less because you're buying in the winter, but you're not going to get a one month of vacancy, but two months of vacancy. And the cost or the additional cost of the additional month, let's just call it another $1,000. So you say you're able to get a better deal by $5,000, but you're losing $1,000, so to speak. So your gain is $4,000, so to speak. So when you look at it like this, you say, okay, you know what? I still got a better deal uh, when doing it during the winter. Now, remember that the, also when, when one of the main reasons we want to buy, obviously, we always want to buy as cheap as possible or negotiate the best deal. That's no doubt there. But when we buy a house for, you know, for less, we're also locking down the, you know, the, the value of the property for property taxes. So that means we're going to save on property taxes as well. Again, it's not exactly a, a, you know, a, an exact science because the tax basis is not just your price. It's also the value of the property and it can be negotiated or disputed. But just to keep it you know, in perspective. So if you are someone who's debating, maybe I should wait for the winter, uh, sorry, for the spring to buy, that is an option. But remember that right now, the way I see it, in my experience, you're probably going to get a, a better opportunity, a buying opportunity, because houses do tend to sit a little bit longer during this period of time, which gives you the opportunity to offer a lower asking price and possibly for a seller to expect, expect it. But the disadvantage, you will get, um, you will get, uh, um, um, you will get, you should probably expect a longer vacancy until a tenant comes in, but it may easily uh, um, um, even itself out or actually give you a, still, still a, a better opportunity. Okay? So, bottom line, should you buy in the winter or the wait for the spring? You know, I would say if you're ready to buy, go ahead and buy now and use that opportunity you know, to, to increase your uh, buying, you know, uh, your leverage. Um, and if you feel that it's actually right for you to wait for the spring, that's okay too. I have never been in a situation of just waiting and trying to time the market. I think that when I was ready to buy, I, you know, I bought properties. And I, when I uh, wasn't ready to buy, I would just you know, wait. It. So that will always be my philosophy. There are too many moving parts to start trying to, uh, to time everything. It's, you know, it's challenging. Um, so winter, good, good time to buy typically for bargain, bargain price, you know, buying, but expect longer vacancy. Spring, probably, uh, um, you know, a little bit more comp competitive, but shorter vacancy. By the way, if you find a house now that is already occupied, so not only that you can get a bargain on the price, you, already, or, you know, you may already have a house with a tenant inside, you actually just made it a better deal altogether because you're not gonna hit the vacancy, even if that tenant uh, stays for the next three, four, five months, it will take you towards the summer. That's actually not such a bad idea to put your house back on the market for lease um, during the, uh, during the uh, uh, you know, summer or spring months once you've already gone through the vacancy with another tenant that you purchased the property. So that will be the, probably the ideal optimum you know, way to go about it. Uh, with that said, that's everything you know, I had to cover today. I kept it short and simple. Sometimes I like to do that. Sometimes we take a much longer conversation. And uh, instead of wrapping it up right now, I am always interested to hear from you now, not in the future. Well, in the future as well. So if you don't mind, um, if you have any questions related to the topic or not related to the topic, but hopefully related to... Uh, um, real estate investing, please post them right now. I'll be happy to take them. 
Uh, I know some of the names here, and I'm sure some of them have some questions directly or indirectly to, uh, uh, to real estate. I'm sure Yuval is always a good uh, uh, person to have questions. So Yuval, I encourage you. I love that you participate in those sessions and ask questions. And my guest that always also one of those people um, you know, that have questions. I know some of the other ones. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm just trying to encourage you to take the opportunity for someone to, so to speak, break the ice. Don't be uh, shy to ask questions. In the meantime, I'm just going to say hello, pal. You know, uh, I would say, I could say uh, cousin-in-law, so to speak. Uh, good to see you. And my sister is here. Hello, pal, as well. My sister is kind of joining me. Uh, a lot of people joining us from Israel. If you ask yourself why speaking English and not in Hebrew, because a lot of Hebrew speakers, this is a, a session open to the public. And we do have people, in, you know, uh, speaking multiple languages, joining us either on the live or... Um, on the recording. I actually get um, quite a lot of feedback. People, to, even this morning, uh, one of my colleagues says, I keep, you know, I always watch not live because I'm on the road, but I always watch your uh, videos uh, after the fact you know, on Facebook and I love, you know, learning from you. So, okay, Yuval, good. What is a good estimate relative to rent in, in, is recommended to keep aside per month for a given vacancy period? Hmm. Um, I would say, first of all, it's got to be more of a, uh, related to the type of property that you're buying, you know, a lower end, mid end, or high end, uh, of course. Um, I think that um, um, estimate relative to rent is recommended to keep aside per month for a given vacancy period. Um, per month for a vacancy period. Um, I mean, your question is a little bit confusing to me. I think I get the gist of it. How much to allocate? I would say how much to allocate for um, how much to allocate from your rent, uh, utilities, low pay. So let, let's look at it this way. Look at your fixed costs, right? Let's say your more all your fixed costs, your mortgage, your uh, uh, you know utilities, loan payment, you know, HOA, etc. And based on your fixed costs, you know how much you need to put aside. I would say, you know, if you want to be realistic, keep two months of fixed costs, okay? And if you want to be uh, pessimistic, you know, maybe two to three months. If you don't have that amount, you can say, okay, all my cash flow is going to go into that reserve account and to build, to build it up to, let's say, three months or two months. And once you build that reserve account for the property, then you should be fine, okay? Hopefully that, that helps. When the house is vacant, you also pay utilities which could be expensive. I agree, um, I agree, that's absolutely correct. And I would say, make it, you know, two months, I think it's, it's, it's a fair estimate. Conservative will go to, to three and four, okay? And if you don't have that money available, you can just set it aside uh, from the cash flow once it comes in and build that reserve account, you know, uh, on the side. Okay, hopefully that, that answer, good, very good question. Okay, I love this question. Do you keep separate bank account for each property? Okay. Um, I would say it's really depending on you, okay? So for, for simplicity, if you have, you know, by opening a bank account, it's so easy, you do it online, it's so easy, you know, it makes it, you know, uh, 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 very, uh, very easy to do. And then if, you, if you're disciplined enough to make sure that any money comes in and out related to that property, follow that, you know, that account, uh, then, then that will make your life very, very easy. I think it's good practice. 
Uh, it's good practice. Um, and I'm just going to say uh, hello, Ramon. Hello, Lee. Good to see you guys. Uh, I think it's a good practice to, uh, to do that. You just have to be very disciplined on um, um, making sure that every dollar that is related to that property follows through that account. Um, now, if you have multiple properties, I would maybe say create an account for all your properties um, and account for your checking. So like separate between the two. And yes, what I have started doing years back is I am employing a bookkeeper uh, that tracks all my accounts. I do have multiple accounts uh, because I have not just, you know, I have multiple transactions going. And I think it's, you know, it's the only way to keep my sanity is to actually have a separate bank account uh, for that uh, um, uh, each, each transaction. It's a little bit more complicated than just a rental. And I even have accounts supporting those accounts. So it's a little bit kind of, uh, uh, kind of a system. But uh, I think it's an excellent practice to have a bookkeeper because it will make your life easier when it comes to, um, uh, to, um, to uh, tax season. And also not to mention that you can find an offshore bookkeeper for maybe five bucks a month for property, which is not a lot and it's you know, obviously deductible. So I think it's a good idea. Listen, how many properties justify hiring a bookkeeper? Well, it depends. If you're good with that, you don't need one. I am terrible with that, right? I'm too busy. So uh, I go offshore and I hire someone and I pay 10 bucks a month for the amount of activity that I have, 10 bucks. You know, because it's not like multiple activities going on. It's like two, one, two, you know, uh, three line items. Uh, uh, so I think it's good. If you want to grow, I think it's a good practice to employ or have a bookkeeper early on. It will make your life easier. It's very cheap if you go with the offshore. It's a little bit, even, you know, another person, you know, on the US base is going to be 25 bucks a month, you know, because it's maybe an hour a month or so. I think it's a very good practice to start now and kind of get used to it and how it works. And then you just grow with the bookkeeper and then your books are always much more organized if you're planning on growing. I think that's just good practice and, and in expenses. And of course, it's, it's deductible as part of your expenses. That would be my take. If you're good with numbers and all of that, you don't need a, a bookkeeper, you know, and you're just, uh, you know, a lot of people just use their own software one way or another, QuickBooks or something else, and it's good for them, and it works for them, and they have the discipline and the patience, no problem. Offshore, um, offshore is, uh, you know, go to Oldest, go to, uh, go to, uh, um, you know, Upwork, or all of those, uh, you know, people who, work from India and, you know, the Eastern Europe and they charge very minimal and you find their references and you don't, have, you don't, need, you don't give them access to your bank account. You just give them a statement or you use some third party uh, uh, company that, you know, to, to pull, uh, um, you know, data from your bank account. So don't give them access to your bank account. You just send them the, ad, the information, the statement once a month and done. Uh, and they take care of it and you just want to review it and you get a profit and loss and balance sheet and it's good. That's the way I work. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll look up if I, if I have any names, but it's simple. You know, just find, you know, I use Odesk, which used to be Upwork for all my offshore, uh, and, you know, tasks and etc. Okay, good questions, Yuval. Always, always good question. Thank you. Excellent. I'll wait for a second or two or ten and see if there are more questions coming up and I'll say this. First of all, um, we talked about uh, buying now during the winter or should we wait for the spring? 
And then uh, we talked about it earlier. And then uh, Yuval brought up a few good questions regarding you know bookkeeping and reserve account. I think it's very good questions, Yuval. And thank you for doing that. Um, with that said, if there are no additional questions, I will wrap it up for today. It's uh, 20 minutes after the hour, which is good. Perfect timing, short and to the point. So I want to say um, thank you very much for taking the time on your Friday. I know some people are already in the afternoon, some at night. So I appreciate you taking the time. I want to thank you very much for uh, all your, uh, uh, for your questions, mostly Yuval, of course. And if you want to talk to us in the near future, in the far future, you know how to get of all of us. We can probably sit down with you and see if the way we go about investing is something that is uh, you know, uh, feeding what you, how you want to go about investing. We focus primarily on rental properties. With that said, have a terrific weekend. Shabbat Shalom. See you probably next week. I'm not sure if where's the holiday falling into that. So maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see. We'll figure it out. If not, the week after. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't forget your likes, of course. Bye-bye.